Hey there, fellow streakers. Welcome to The Streaking Show. Today, we're going to talk about this scientist who read a paper every day for 899 days, and this is what she learned. Also, we have research that proves streaking is scientific fact. So let's get to it. Let's start streaking. Hey there, Jamie. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. I'm so glad for our pre-podcast talks. <laughs> they make me feel so good. Yep. We should record those. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes, just for our fellow streakers that are out there, just know that uh, it's sometimes a little bit of fireworks before we start uh, the podcast. It's like when you look at that Instagram picture and you're like, wow, that was really a perfect... Okay. I have to share this story. So I took Lily, one of our daughters, to the Rockies game with a group of girls. Well, the choir was, they had the, the it, this was like in seventh or eighth grade and the her choir that she was in had been asked to sing um, the national anthem at one of the Rockies games. And so we, I went with her. I must we have not got, been there. I don't remember huh, this at all. It was just Lily and I. Okay. And we got there and they did the, the national anthem at the beginning and then they all got to stay for the rest of the Rockies game. And I sat and watched and, and Lily wasn't really friends with any of the people that were with us at the game. And so for the majority of the game, she sat down by me and we just kind of sat and watched the game together and she didn't really do anything with her friends. Uh-huh. And then with the, with the other girls and boys that were at this at this game. And then a few, about two-thirds or three-quarters of the way through the game. So it's almost over. It's in the last, last like the eighth or ninth inning of the game. So we've spent the whole game just her and I sitting. And I'd go being like, hey, let's go get a pretzel. And But she sat by me the whole time. So then we're almost through with the game. And someone behind us says, hey, we got to take a selfie. And all of these kids gather around and Lily pops up and you get this big group of kids and this one kid takes the selfie and and then she sends the picture to us. And I look at the picture and from that picture, you would think that these kids are best friends having the time of their life at a Rockies game. <laughs> Lily looked like this was like, like she was popular and they were all having fun at the Rockies game. If you were to just look at the just Instagram, look at the one picture. just at that one picture. But the reality was she had felt lonely the entire game. Like she really hadn't enjoyed <laughs> so, it a ton. So you could see on the face of the picture someone that was accepted and appreciated and loved by her well, friends. And you would just think that yet, she'd been partying the whole time and had had a blast at this game. And anybody who saw this picture and hadn't been there would totally have like, wow, I really missed out. Look at all these friends having so much fun. They probably do stuff together all the time. So but what, the reality of it was... She barely, I mean, she so hardly talked to these people the entire game. So let me see if I can interpret what it is that you're game. saying. So in other words, what we show on the podcast. We get on and we're all like perky. Hey, hey how We are get you? along all the time. <laughs> and sometimes our pre-podcast you know, there is discussion. One, there is one podcast that we had where we talked about the fireworks that we had, the aggressive negotiations in our drive back from uh, a road trip that or on a road trip that we were on. And I got feedback from that and they're like, wow. There's hope for the rest of us. <laughs> That's the thing I was going to say is listen to these people on the podcasts. Look at these Instagram pictures and know there's a story, there's behind, a story it behind it that could be and completely real different than what you're seeing. Yes. And the picture may not be completely accurate <laughs> for the mood that it looks like it's portraying. For the mood that it's in. Well, I think that uh, this article in particular has been one that you and I have thought about quite a bit. Uh, because of the significance of reading a paper for 899 days. So here's what I have been really noticing a lot lately. Yeah. Is how many people 
To me, this just proves that the methodology of streaking is true because there are so many people that independently find it. Yes. They may not recognize as clearly as what we do with the, the, the three laws of what they're doing, mm-hmm. but they innately kind of stumble across it mm-hmm. and start doing it. Yeah. And, and when they're successful, you can find that they obeyed the three laws. Recently, we uh, presented at a singles conference. Um, we had three workshops. There's about 125 people there who were single. They're over the age of 31 and single, and they were, you know, getting together, kind of a networking, yeah. and you know, potentially if there's a potential couple that can come with them, but just meeting people. Yeah. I mean, and one of the after one of the workshops, one of the individuals came up to us and said, "Thank you for giving me a word." for what it was what it is that I've been doing. Yes, thank you for giving me a name of what to yes, call Yes, that was it, what a I've name. Been doing. What I've been called because she said I have been streaking. I have been doing streaks, but I haven't known what to call it because it's not a habit. It's not something that comes automatically. Yeah, I do it repetitively, but it's not automatic and it's not a goal because it's not something that I'm going to aim it's not, for and not like achieve. a finish line. Yeah. It's something right there in between those two that is the streak, which mm-hmm. is the conscious conscious consistent action that makes life life-changing results. And you know, something else came from that and we've talked a lot about this and this this will go into this article as well. You know, when you talk about a habit and look at the habit and you say a habit is something that you do repetitively, and automatic there's a, there that's one thing to think about what we've talked about that sets the streak apart from the habit is it's consecutive mm-hmm. it is day in day out you're doing this thing now some people may say well that's a habit too however the second thing that sets the streak apart is that you're thinking that how many days in a row can i do this whereas with the habit People think, oh, it's the activity. It's just when I cross my arms, this is habitually how I do it. And it's that's so that's totally different in that regard. And the reason I bring that up is because there's so many people who need a word for what they're doing consciously and intentionally, which is the streak. The streak is the conscious intentional thing that you are choosing to do and choosing to keep track of and asking yourself the question, how many days in a row can I do this? Okay, so that is exactly what happened in this this article. So this was written um, the 8th of September, 2020. By Natalie Perietta, 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 P-A-R-I-E-T-T-A. Is that what you think? Berietta. I'll just do it there in you Italian. Go. Do your Italian. Berietta. <laughs> That's what you're practicing. There we go. That's what I'm practicing right so now. So the scientist. The streak is to one word in Italian daily. So there you can go. Can you count a person's last name? <laughs> Berietta. It's Italian now. It's Italian. <laughs> as long as you have a little bit of A on the end there. <laughs> Olivia Risland says reading a different paper every day has made her a better scientist. And I love that it's every day for 899 days. Yeah, not quite 900. There's a part of me that's like, <laughs> if you'd written the paper on September 9th, then it would be 900 days. Would that make us all feel a little would better? Would that make us feel better? Absolutely. So, okay, this is what Olivia says. Keeping up with Actually, research... Actually, this is what Natalie writes. Oh, this is writes. the article. You're right. Yeah. So, keeping up with research literature is a must for any scientist but it tends to slip down the priority list when there's grant writing, field work, publishing, teaching, and analysis to be done. I think you could put in any profession in there and anything that we, you know, those things that are important to mm-hmm. our professions. 
but yet aren't urgent. They're not pulling us along to make them happen, but we recognize that they are important to what we're doing. Yeah. Oftentimes we look at it as the whirlwind of activity that's going on. Mm -hmm. In the work that I do with Franklin Covey, the four disciplines of execution, we'll often say you've got the whirlwind of activity that is has its own energy. It's it's the thing that draws you in. And on the other side of it are the goals of the new activities that don't have a level of urgency, but are important in order to be able to achieve them. So that's, that's exactly what, that's what she she's says. saying, that's right? That's what Olivia, now this is a quote from Olivia. Right. Reading papers definitely falls under that, quote, important and not urgent, unquote, category of activities. So that's what Olivia And she's a mo- molecular biologist. Mm-hmm. Okay. She says, it's easy to say, I'll read that paper tomorrow. And then how much time goes by and you haven't read a single paper? So right there. How many times did we ask that question? That's what I was going to say. I think everybody has had that experience with things that are important but not urgent where you look at it and you're like, okay, I'm going to do that tomorrow. And how much time goes by. And and a couple things. I've thought a lot about How many this. tomorrows go by without you ever getting there? How many tomorrows go by? Right. And then you're shocked sometimes where you're like, has it really been that long? Tomorrow is the, I, I tomorrow, the, saying that phrase is the end of the rainbow. You it know, it's chasing the end, the end of the, of the rainbow. rainbow. You yes. know, when I get to that rainbow, I'll get this done. I'll get it done. That's the, I'll, I'll do this tomorrow. So I had an interesting thought the other day because I was uh, at this um, conference that we did over the weekend. I asked a couple of the people that came up and talked to us afterwards. I, I said, I have a streak to seek out feedback. So give me some feedback on how you thought how you think we did. And I was thinking about that streak and it's been, um, I could look up how many days, but it's been probably over two years since I set that streak of getting feedback. And I remember exactly why I said it. We were in the kitchen of your mom's house talking to your brother who runs a huge venture capitalist firm. Yes. And he was talking about an employee that was working with him and that was struggling a little bit. And he said, the reason this person was struggling is because they didn't know how to take feedback. Mm -hmm. They took it too personally. Mm. And he said, if this person could just understand that feedback is important and you learn from it and how to take feedback, a lot of these things that this person is struggling with would be taken care of. Because the feedback, because he talked about as a venture capitalist firm, he said, feedback is vitally important to our um group of people that work together like we have to be able to give and receive feedback in order to get better in in the industry that we're in because there's things changing so much and you you can't go into it thinking you know right a lot right and i remember listening to this conversation and thinking to myself i do that i take feedback very personally like it can shut me down hard Mm. and and then thinking that I'm not always in a lot of environments that naturally give me feedback outside of my own family. Yeah. I didn't have a lot of things that that I was getting feedback. And I thought, wow, I need practice. Like I need a lot of practice <laughs> understanding how to take and receive feedback and sift through it. And so as we were coming back from this conference, this is a long story, the thought came to me, that was a conversation that we'd had two years ago of something that I was aware that I needed to work on, but had I not set a streak around it, I think I would have thought about it occasionally, but I would not have had any actionable thing to make me continue to have this be something that I bring into my life because there was no whirlwind aspect of feedback for me in my current, as a a stay-at-home mom, I wasn't getting a lot of regular 
feedback from outside sources. Right. And so it was stunning to me to realize that I was like, here was something that it was just a simple conversation that, that, but struck a chord with me that I'm like, this is really something that I could use work on. However, without the methodology of a streak to have it become something intentional in my life on a weekly basis, I am now consciously thinking about how can I get feedback and, and whether or not I know I'm getting better at the feedback, but just the idea of having a conversation and then being able to translate that into something that I'm actually actualizing on was profoundly important. What I see is in relation to what this is, is you, you no longer use the phrase, I'll do that tomorrow. Exactly. You're like, no, I'm going to do it today. I'm going to do it today. I'm going to do it this week. One of the other attitudes that I believe we adopt with this idea of I'll read that paper tomorrow, I'll do that thing tomorrow, is it gives your brain the rest that it needs. And what I mean by that, not that it needs, but that it wants all the time. The brain does not want to work. It does not want to expend more extraneous energy, than energy. Right. It is doing things that will are energy efficient. And if I can move something from my frontal lobe into my basal ganglia, which the basal ganglia is the place where you start to have habit forming things. And if I could get something into the basal ganglia and it will just be there and I could just do it without the expended energy that comes from frontal lobe thinking, that means that I have more energy or I have to expend less energy. In other words, It'll I can still be, be at my natural state. But I don't have to yeah. do a lot to I don't make have it happen. To do a lot. It's like breathing. Mm-hmm. I just do it. <laughs> it just comes naturally. And, and I that's one of the fallacies of the word habit. So I, I'm kind of on this whole habit thing. Sorry about that, folks. But it's been it's like fingernails on the chalkboard when I hear it. And the reason why it's fingernails on the chalkboard is because it dismisses the actual work that we need to put in on a regular basis. Now, it doesn't have to be really hard work. That's why law number one is so significant, making it laughably simple. And on the same note, it's very difficult for people to accept making it laughably simple because, well, if I'm not working really hard, then it's really not making any difference. Well, true, it's not making any difference if you're doing it just once, but it makes a world of difference on the number of consecutive days you do that thing in a row, which is where I look at this with her 899 papers, I'll read that paper tomorrow. She's like, you know what? Now I'm going to do something different. And on 1 January 2018, Rizlin set herself, I'm not going to call it what they call it in here. I'm going to use my own word. Rizlin set for herself the streak of reading one paper per day every day. Now she says it's a bit of a lark. Now I'll tell you the word that they use, the task. I don't think it's a task. When she says, I set this as a bit of a lark, do you know what that means? I what? didn't understand what that meant. I don't know. I, I thought maybe you would. Oh, well, Was it like a bit of a joke? Yeah, or? a bit of a joke. Uh, I, I think it's an idiom that references somewhat of, uh, I think the lark is a bird. Yes, I'd have the to lark look is it up. a bird. But it has something to do with that. In other words... I should have looked that up yeah. as a bit of a... Like, Maybe I'll look it up while is, you're talking about this. So this, this. is great because she says exactly what you said when we started researching streaking. She said, I thought to myself, let's see how long I can keep this up. That was it. So I think that the, 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 the idea of a bit of a lark, I think she was like, well, let's just throw this out there. And then... Does it say? Did you find it? Okay. It basically says uh, to be happy or contented... To be awake at particularly early hour, especially before sunrise. 
So mm-hmm. in other words, I think that what what she was saying here is just a more like a I you know I'll just see if I could do this. It's, that's it's, what I don't know if feel, I can make it happen. Let me just see if I can do it. That's what I feel. This she was just like I've got this idea and let's just see how long I and can look keep at her it question. Alive. Look at the question she I asked. Know. All right, go ahead. What does she ask? That's what I just said. Oh, did you, you just read it? it I was looking it up and she said, <laughs> Sorry. "It's the exact same." You read it because. Oh, you want me to? Re- I thought. Let's see how long I can keep this up. That Does is that streaking methodology familiar? all the way through. Sounds so familiar. It is what we came across when we very first originally started streaking. So what she did is tweaked it just a little bit. She's like, I wonder how long, how many days in a row, I can keep this up. And then what's great? She said, but within a month, I was hooked. I loved the exercise of learning something new every day and seeing how that opened up ideas in my own research. So about after 30 days of doing this, she was there there was that that streak hook that draws you in that's that that and I think there's two parts of it. One, you're you're being successful. You're right. like, "Oh, I've been doing this." Right. And then you're like, "Wow, I've been doing this and I like it. I like what I'm learning. I like that I've been doing it." I and so there's this positive energy that just keeps you propelled to keep going forward as you're being successful then she did this is awesome so this this she brings in the third law right here but we're going to talk about the law number two that she did as well she says on june 17th 2020 she announced on twitter that not only had she kept up the habit I'm sorry. They it's call not it a, a habit. habit. It's, a streak. it's a streak. It'll never be a habit. I'll tell you right now, she will not wake up one day and think, when did I start reading this journal? When did I start reading this scholarly paper? She will not be in the middle of it thinking, wow, I'm so glad I started this. When did this happen? This will never reach the basal ganglia. It will never be a part of the brain that just makes things automatic. And that is the problem with habits. That's why. So people, if you are think out there thinking, I... I just I got in the wrong line in heaven. I don't have any habits. Everyone else does. It's false. It's false thinking. The true thinking is you have the ability to set a laughably small streak and then the ability to challenge yourself to say, how many days in a row can I keep this alive? And that's exactly what she's doing here. And um, Sorry, she... I didn't mean to yell at the nice people out there. This is... <laughs> I'm well, just so on it's, this. It's so... What she does is, um, let me see here. I'm breaking the I'm breaking the meter on the on the and I'm gonna here too. I'm gonna stick on this same vein because this is the other thing that bothered. She says Rislin made the habit stick. I'm it wasn't reading a habit from what they said, stick. but this is what she did by holding herself accountable. She shares insights from her daily reads in her lab Slack channel, 365 papers. So first of all, she shared each day what she did. What is what law is that? Number three, she created a community and shared with it. She also keeps a record of the papers she reads on a Google sheet, which has a line for every day of the year. So if you are just new to the podcast and you're just joining streaking, or if you've been a streaker for a long time, you know the three laws. One, make it laughably simple. Whatever the activity is, make it laughably simple. Now she's a researcher and some may say that this was hard because it's one one paper a day. However, for her, it may not be. And that's the beautiful part about laughably simple is you choose what your laughably simple is. Two, no record, no streak. In other words, she would not have known that she had done it for 899 days unless she was keeping a record. And third, create a community, join a community, be a part of a community. That is critical to the success. And boy, we have scientific research on this one that will blow you out of the water. We're not going to get to it right now. But it is absolutely saying that streaking is totally worth it, 100%. All right, and so keep going. that's why I guess I wanted to bring this up. I know she used the word habit. 
But again, it's because there's not another word out there that people have. But she, what made it stick? What kept it alive? She shared it with people. She had a record every day and she kept track every single day that she had done that thing. So it wasn't that, and and I am willing to bet that if she stopped keeping track and if she stopped choosing to share it, she wouldn't, it wouldn't be long before she wasn't doing it every day. Absolutely. I agree. That that wouldn't, it's not a habit that's going to keep happening just because she did it that way for a certain number of days. If she stops obeying those laws, it won't, it, it doesn't have the same. So this brings something back to what you were saying earlier in regards to, and what we brought up at the, at the beginning of the show is when you have a word or a name when you when you can name something and that's what is it uh, I think it's Socrates or one of the ancient philosophers that says the definition of terms is the beginning of wisdom mm-hmm. what we've done here is found a name for something that people are like what you said innately doing that's what it's this is not habit forming this is this is streaks this, this is, is a streak. streaking she was intentional she kept a record of it she shared it with people and so she just she needs to know the word. Define... The author of this article needs to know the word because if you say it in in the word, you know, she kept the streak alive mm-hmm. by following the laws of streaking. She shared her insights daily on her lab Slack channel. Uh, she keeps a record, right? Law number two, that she's doing it. And for her, it's simple. Adding each citation to the Google Sheet gives me enough joy and feeling of accomplishment that it keeps me going. The streak wants to live. Mm-hmm. It wants to be a part of the life that you have because of all of the different things it's done for you. And so then on this June 17th, she feels confident to share on Twitter, which is basically with the whole world to say as of today, and this is this is Olivia, what she shared on Twitter. As of today, I have read 899 papers in 899 days. Like exclamation point. She knows because she has kept a record of it that she's done 899 papers in 899 days. I never would have imagined, this is Olivia again saying, I never would have imagined two and a half years ago how much I would learn through this and how this would make me a better scientist and human. The ancillary benefits of streaking are numerous. When I say ancillary benefits, oftentimes we will set a streak. And from that streak, we think we're accomplishing one particular purpose, which we are. It's aimed at who we want to be, who we're our aspirational self. What we find along the journey, when we've done something consistently and consecutively, is that there's a whole bunch of other stuff that comes out of it. For example, what she was saying in the scholarly research, where does she say in here, doesn't she talk about how um, she talks about how it's made her job. It wasn't what you just read. Maybe it's just past what you just no, read she there. she says right here, she goes, first of all, she says, it's made me a much more re- well-rounded scientist. That's it. Um, but then she also talks about... Uh, Did you read this last paragraph? Most of the time, it's the nicest part of the day. That's what I wanted to get to. Not that it's it's the last paragraph in the article, but most of the time it's the nicest part of my day because I'm actually being a scientist. Yes. Reading other people's beautiful research, she says, I usually come away feeling really inspired and full of ideas. Yes. She says, dedicating time to reading papers is more important to my lab's success than answering emails. And she says, I don't necessarily work more than anyone else. I just make sure I dedicate a set amount of time to reading every day. Mm-hmm. 
And and then she goes on to talk about how rather than it being a burden, it becomes the highlight of her day because exactly what you said, she didn't become a scientist to check emails. We don't become the professions that we are for the whirlwind that's a part of that profession. Usually there's something else that drew us to it, the important part of it, but so often the important part isn't the thing that's urgent. Yeah, It's all the other stuff that's urgent, and so we get we get lost. And doing the things that are urgent are critical. She has Obviously. to do her day job. Exactly. Those are the things that she things must do. Things aren't going to work if going. she refuses to check her emails. I mean, eventually her lab's not going to work so great if she's never checking her emails. It's, it's gonna... That can get in the way, though, of aspiring to who I want to be, which she wants to be a scientist. That's The other thing that's implicit through this is the power of a B statement. Mm-hmm. When we talk about a B statement, it's the areas of growth or the aspiration who you want to be. And as you look at this particular area, Olivia Risland did not say, I want to be a professional email checker. <laughs> right. It just was not on the charts. She didn't even say, I want to run a lab. No. She said, I want to be a scientist. I want to be a scientist. And oftentimes in our pursuit to be be who we want to be, there's other things that set us off the path or that get in the way because of the necessity of what I'll call the administrative. Mm-hmm. We all have to do administrative tasks in our lives. Those administrative tasks are important to keep things going and you got to pay attention to them. Some streaks, in fact, that we have are around administrative things in order to help us become who we want to be. For example, I want to be financially responsible. So we have a streak of checking our finances at least one time daily. We open our financial app at least one time daily. That streak helps us to be more financially responsible, which is what I want to be because it allows me to do so many other things in life aspirationally. What I see here is that She joined a lab. She was part of the lab. She's leading the lab. She's got a lot of different administrative items that she needs to take care of. What she wanted to be in her life, though, was a scientist. And what she says is the beautiful research. Mm -hmm. Notice the words that she's using there. She's looking at other scientists' work, Mm -hmm. recognizing that they also wanted to be a scientist. And from her streak of reading at least one article daily, she now has the opportunity to participate participate in who they want to be. Yep. The other thing that that you had brought up about ancillary benefits is that one of the things that it said, and and I feel like this kind of naturally happens as you get going on a streak when you when you've done something yesterday and you do it today and you know you're going to do it tomorrow, you start to align your the things that you're doing in a day to make that possible. If, if I'm, And so I know like one of the books I read on habits talked about how important routines are. And I do feel that having a routine and things set up around it can make things easier and are important as long as we understand that a routine isn't going to carry the weight for you because routines can get disrupted. The minute you're out of the routine, you can forget or things don't go as planned because they're out of the routine. However, I do think that one of the ancillary benefits sometimes when you're doing this is you do get into a little bit of a routine or things you make things happen that that allow you to do your streak. I don't know if I'm saying what I'm trying to say. So I'm just going to say what she says. Um, she says there's no real particular way that she picks her articles that she reads. But she says, I have a, re- a to read folder on my computer 
which currently has around 250 papers in it. And so she created this this to read folder. Like, so now anytime that she comes across something that she wants to read, but when she comes across it, it's not the right time. She's not, you know, she can't read it right now. She has a place to put it. She can go back to it. So there's all these opportunities that would have been kind of going by and and adding to one, you missed the opportunity. Two, now you feel guilty about missing the opportunity. Three, when you have the time, you're, you're like, oh, there were a lot of things I thought about doing, but now I, I can't find them or what were they? She's got this system kind of in place where she puts these. So now it makes it easier even for her to keep that streak. Does that does that make sense? It's one of those ancillary benefits of being able to make it happen. Totally makes sense. In fact, one of the ideas that I've thought a lot about is when I'm intentional about my streaks, it makes my planning go to my streaks. In other words, I start planning knowing that, for example, I'm going to be out of town. I remember several yes. times when I was traveling internationally, I would think through what do I need to do to ensure that I keep my streaks alive mm-hmm. and I would plan for that. I became a better planner because of the streaks that I had. That's an ancillary benefit that I haven't written a streak around that and it's not something that I had as a B statement. Right. I want to be a better planner. What I wanted to be was, for example, in my in my realm, in my profession, was of service to others through engaging, enthusiastic, entertaining, energizing, thought-provoking, persuasive, leading, teaching, writing, and speaking. That was my professional B statement. And what I then did with the streaks that I have, like, for example, reading at least one paragraph in a nonfiction book daily, I would now plan for that knowing that there's sometimes, for example, I may be on vacation. What do I need to plan for in order to keep that streak alive? Now, some people may say that that's obsessive. That's just way overboard. When you're on vacation, you should be on vacation. Well, you know what? When I'm on vacation and I have that beast, the reason I have that streak is because I enjoy it. Right. And so I actually plan to bring a book so that I can read it while I'm on vacation and really enjoy it. I don't have the other distractions of my profession. Does that make sense? Yes. And most of the things, I mean, that's why the streaks are set around a B statement. They are, it's who you want to be, Mm -hmm. not just on vacation, but all the time. Absolutely. Or I guess not just during the work week, but all the time. You're like, this is the person I want to be. Okay. So that brings up a little interesting point in her, in this article that she, that she talks about. Okay. She says that, um, Let's see here. It's right under, says there's no particular strategies, topics, deep dives. Where is it at? Rislin doesn't cut herself any slack. That's it. Is that the one? Oh, yeah. So Rislin doesn't cut herself any slack. Peer review or sourcing references for her own publication don't count towards her daily tally. So she set up for herself the rules of engagement, what mm-hmm. it is that she counts as a streak. And if she misses one day, this was the interesting part, or 10 such as when she goes on family hiking trip, she makes up for it later. I know. What did you think about that part? So for me personally, and this is my, there's there's streaks where, so she read 899 papers in 899 days. What she, what she didn't do was do it every single day. Right. Now it was probably it like easier. most of the time she, she did, did it, it every, every single, single day because that's two and a half years. Yes. So so that's a prolonged period, period of, of time. time. And if you get too far behind, like you're having to make up, you're having to make up a lot. Right. For me, if I went on a backpacking trip or something like that, 
I would have printed out the number of articles that I would be gone so that I could read them. I mean, just think of reading those in the mountains in the morning when mm-hmm. you're hiking. Yeah, There's opportunities that come where I'm now going to take advantage of where I am. I'm, I'm taking relaxed time. And this, because it's pointed at who I want to be, it's not a whip that I'm beating myself. It's mm-hmm. an opportunity I'm looking forward to enjoying and consuming. The other thing I think I was thinking about as you said that is that you're looking forward, you're looking ahead and making a plan. And you may choose shorter articles or brief things, recognizing that I'm not going to put as much time into this on these days that I'm gone on this hike. However, when you come back, you don't have to make up for anything. No, you did it ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And I do think that there is something to be said about that feeling of coming back from a vacation or taking time off with feeling like, well, now I've got to catch up. Mm-hmm. If there's things in our life that, no, I didn't, I don't have to catch up. I kept that alive and I did it even while I was, I simplified it much more, but I still did it. So that's, that's an interesting thing of looking forward. Yes. Now it's interesting. I, I, I mean, she still read 899, 899 papers, papers in 899 and, days. And so that, that relates really when we were studying and writing the book on streaking. And if you've purchased the book, thank you very much. If you wouldn't mind going out and giving it a review on Amazon, we appreciate that. We're aiming for a thousand reviews on Amazon and we're at a whopping 45. So we're looking for... We might be at 47. Oh, are we at 47? I I didn't look. Okay, so if you wouldn't mind going out there and giving a review on the book, we would certainly appreciate that. What we came to and what we wrote about in the book is Cal Ripken Jr.'s streak was a consecutive games played streak. That didn't mean he was doing it every day or every week. It was every time there could be a game played, he was playing that game. Now, I've had other streakers talk, like there's one streaker that we have. I love his streak. It's to, when when I shower, take a cold shower. Oh, turn, the, turn the water so cold every time. I don't have to shower time. every day. <laughs> yeah, so I don't have to shower every day. But when I shower, turn the shower cold. Now, in the app itself, we haven't necessarily accounted for the consecutive streak. The one that is, when the opportunity presents itself... That's when I do it. Right. And I think there is room for that. I mean, I that's agree. part of streaking. And so what I see here is she said, every opportunity I have to read a paper, I'm going to do it daily. And if I miss for 10, and it's not even miss, she planned, she actually planned for it. And she was looking so at it and saying 10 days. the interesting thing to me is that she couldn't let go of a day of not doing it. Right. Yeah, she couldn't. She still wanted to be like, okay, I. So she planned for it. She planned. She planned. For She's it. like, She's when I get still, back, I'm going to need to read more. either two day, two papers a day for the next five days, you yep. know, so that then I catch up so or I whatever it up. is. However, that's why I look at it and say I go to the daily consecutiveness of the streak, and I would just print those out, or I, you know, have my iPad with me with my solar charger and be able to have those particular papers there with me. Right. I think that is one of the ancillary benefits of streaking is it's a conscious planning of doing the things that I enjoy to become who I want to be. be. I'm not doing them because I feel whipped. That's what the, that's why I think I loved what you read at the end where, where she said it's the nicest part of my day because I'm actually being a scientist. Yeah. I'm actually being who I want to be. Yeah. And so when our streak is centered around who we want to be, it's going to bring us joy because we're being what we want to be. 
Yeah. I want to focus on one other part of her article that uh, is critical to the streaking, to those who are streakers out there who are considering streaking and saying, what's the scientific proof behind streaking? Is there scientifically proven stuff behind streaking? Which for you and I, what we did in the book is talk about and share personal experiences and also the research that we found in those individuals who are highly successful at what it is that they did. She mentions in here that she says, I don't work, and you already read this, but you, I, I don't work more than my my uh, my colleagues. Um, you said that she basically, what did she say? Help me, her appreciate the nuances. Oh, I wish I could find right where it was. Hold on, I've got it, just one second. You know the one I'm talking about. Yes. We're getting there. Hang tight with us for just a second. It's at the very bottom page. She says, dedicating time to reading papers is more important to my lab success than answering emails. I don't necessarily work more than anyone else. There it is. I just make sure I dedicate a set amount of time to reading every day. All right. So that leads me to a scientific study that was done. And I want to thank fellow streaker, Mr. Danny out there, who was on our podcast earlier. Um, He is an engineer and he's going for his PhD uh, as an engineer and therefore will be writing a dissertation. In writing that dissertation, he has been reading how to, he's been reading a book on academic writing. In this book on academic writing, he came across this paragraph. He sent it to me immediately. I think, did he send it to you too? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he sent it to both of us immediately. And this was his comment. I'll read you the paragraph in just a second, but this is his comment. He says, this is great evidence for the importance of no record, no streak and creating a community. I thought you might find it interesting. Notice this. Uh, And this is a direct quote from what he's been reading on academic writing. Quote, Robert Boyce's research on faculty productivity. Pause right there. Being more productive. Yielded interesting findings when he compared faculty who wrote without logging their time with faculty who wrote and logged their time. Okay, so did you catch that? Mm-hmm. So he compared two groups. One, they wrote, but they didn't log anything. And the other group, they wrote and logged it. Logged that or kept track. They had a record. They had a record. And then he says this, by writing daily and keeping records, the second group was able to outperform the first group by a factor of Four. They were four times more productive because they not only wrote every single day, but they also kept a record that they wrote every single day. Does this sound like two laws of streaking to you? Yes. Make it laughably simple. Write at least one sentence daily and keep Keep a record record that you did it. Four times more productive, but it gets better. Oh, hold on to your hats. And this is scientific research. This is done by scientists who actually had control groups and the hypothesis and everything that has to do with scientific research. Here we go. Summarizing Boyce's research. Even more interesting. Even more interesting are Boyce's finding regarding faculty who, besides logging their writing times regularly, also shared their logs with the researchers conducting the study. When compared... Faculty who shared their writing logs were nine times 
more productive than the faculty who had only logged their times without sharing the log with someone else. Isn't that... You want to just pause on That's mic drop right there. I know. I mean, those are mic drop moments right there. When you think about the productivity that you're having, so people will often come up to us after we've presented streaking or we've talked about streaking or we've, you know, had a personal interaction with them. And something along the lines of, first of all, will something that simple really make a difference? Mm -hmm. That's a lot of times one of the first questions. And the answer is absolutely yes. Done consistently. Mm -hmm. In other words, I did it yesterday. I'm going to do it today and I'm going to do it tomorrow. And I'm going to see for how many days in a row I can do this. So Number one, that's that's once you get something laughably simply going, remember it's the floor on which you're standing. It's not the ceiling for which you're reaching. Right. Once they get past that, then the question comes, well, do we really need to keep a record of something so small and simple? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. You want to be more productive? Then keep a record Four of it. Times Four times more productive? Four times more productive? Keep a keep record, a record of, it. of it. And finally, the third one is in joining or creating a community. Sometimes we're a little bit bashful or shy about joining or sharing a community. But I think even more so, it's that we don't really have a place, a community where we can go to share about the writing. In other words, these folks here that were academics, they had a little bit of an academic community. Mm -hmm. But that's what I love about the app that's coming out in December. Guys, we have, you who are beta testers out there that are on it, you are starting to experience the community and it is powerful. We just had about uh, 35 more beta testers added to the group and they've started to post. And last night, you and I just sat up reading through these posts. I got so motivated. It was, it was so fun. I mean, all of these And you're right, motivating and inspiring and... And exactly what you have said for so long, that the community isn't about accountability. The community is about celebration. I just sat there and there's people that I I look at and I'm like, I'm so proud of you. I, I don't know you, but I'm really proud of you. And and that is, honestly, that is what got me started running was the very first time that you ran a marathon and I watched you cross the finish line of that marathon. And then I watched other people cross the finish line and there were people out there that I didn't know at all, of all varying abilities of running. And as I sat and watched these people cross the finish line, I was just so proud of them. I wasn't holding them accountable. I was just proud of them. <laughs> no, you were That's what the community is. Yeah. You sit there and you're just, you're just proud, proud of, of people. Yeah. You're like, you are doing such a good job. I, I'm really And proud can I of tell you. you something else? Since I've started streaking, I have been more productive. Mm. Bar, bar bar none, I've been more productive. I have felt it. Now, I didn't have the research to back it up. I didn't have the control group and the experimental group to see if that was actually the case. However, I do know in my profession and what I do and also at home with our family, I am more productive. And doing the laughably simple thing, keeping a record that I'm doing it and sharing it in a community has helped me to do that. It's been awesome. And now we have research, someone who's actually studied it to back up all these people that are finding it naturally as Mm -hmm, well. mm -hmm. So if you haven't shared streaking with a friend, do it because it will help them. It'll help you. It'll just create this movement of streaking. And we want to make sure we add to the lexicon of of verbiage that is out there in the sense that we give people a name for what it is that they want to do. And that name is streaking. streak, streak. 
That's what we're doing. You have a streak. You're starting the movement. Guys, We there's so much to share with you as far as the app and the number of people that are going to that are currently using the app and the upgraded part of it. Oh, so much more to go. So join us next time when Jamie and I uh, talk a little bit more. We'll give you a little bit of an update on the app and a couple other things that are going on. Until that time, if you would like to join the conversation, follow us on our streakingmastery.com website or shoot us an email, Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-E-R-Y at streakingmastery.com or Jamie, J-A-M-I at streakingmastery.com. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or else are we? I have Pinterest, LinkedIn, I believe. LinkedIn, Pinterest. yeah. All those different places. Well, thank you so much. And uh, until we talk again, keep streaking. Become a better you. It's the small and simple things that make you grow into what you're hoping. You're in a hurry. Don't even worry. It's too simple not to do. It's the little things that make a better you. A better you. It's the little things that make a better